Today's guest is Ilya Ahmad. Ilya is a serial entrepreneur who's done everything from SaaS, music festival marketing, DJing, e-commerce, and more. He's building his legacy for his family all while traveling the world. Join us as we discuss how Ilya's first business resulted in a cease and desist from Mark Zuckerberg, how his side gig turned into being a festival DJ, and Ilya's thoughts on mentorship, friendship, relationships, and family. Enjoy the show. Ilya, first of all, I just want to thank you for coming on. Um, we're excited having the podcast, especially in person. We don't get many of these, so yeah. thank you for making the drive. No problem, brother. All right, so the first thing I want to talk about today, specifically, is kind of like where you started, what I consider your bus story, yeah. and that's when Mark Zuckerberg, the man himself, gave you a cease and desist. Yes. Um, so, a little backstory behind that. Um, I started, I guess, my entrepreneurship journey, I guess I would say at 18. Um, I was at NIU, University in Illinois, just for a year to do accounting. Uh, I was never a kid that was good at school, just didn't do good grades, I didn't really care, honestly, just, uh, everyone asked me as a kid, like, uh, you know, what do you, what do you want to be when you're older? I never gave them an answer, because I couldn't see myself working for anyone, that was just, I knew that at a young age, so I, I had to do whatever I could, so at 18, when I had the ability to be out of my own uh, house, and have all that freedom, some voice, or God, whatever, uh, reached out to me, and told me to, like, go on Facebook, and just start reaching out to people. Right, so I reached out to maybe thousands of entrepreneurs on Facebook, literally direct messaging them saying, Hey, I'm 18 years old, I have nothing but free time, I'm willing to dedicate everything uh, just to learn from you. Right, I want to learn how to make money, I want to live, I want to live a, a great life. That's it, nothing, nothing more than that. Right, so as you can imagine, the open rate was pretty low. Right, <laughs> so uh, there was one person though who was two years older than me who became my business partner for the next four years. Um, he uh, actually lived in uh, another suburb of Illinois, actually. And he had a marketing agency. Um, and I we just chatted uh, for a little bit, and then I started working for him, right? So I started getting deals for him and stuff like that. So he really, like, showed me the way of how to um, get sales, you know, learning marketing and all that stuff here. So learned from him for about a year. At the same time, we were also building the largest entrepreneur group on Facebook, one of them, with over 20,000 people. It's called, uh, I forgot what it was called, oh my gosh, it was seven years ago. Uh, but it was one of the biggest ones here. Um, and uh, it was entrepreneurs all over the world. Everyone could share their own stories, businesses, and stuff like that. Um, so we did that while I was helping him out, making my own money for the first time in my life online. Completely weird concept, right, at the time. Uh, and then sophomore year, um, is when I dropped out officially because we created a company that automated Instagram activity, right? So we had a bot uh, that would follow, unfollow, like, comment, direct message, you know, do all the shipping, everything that a human could do, but automated, mm -hmm. right? So we had that bot, um, and since we had that group, right, the entrepreneurial group, we leveraged that whole audience towards our business, right? So. Uh, it was a subscription-based business. Um, you could pay like I think anywhere from I think forty to three hundred bucks a month, and we would just automate your Instagram, like grow it, like it, follow it, like. And again, this was seven years ago yeah. when Instagram was like booming. You could grow accounts to hundred k, million followers, all organically, no problem, no bullshit, right? 
Um, so it was a phenomenal time. We had an affiliate program where people started to, um, what was it, uh, sell for us. We'd give them commission, monthly residual commissions here. Like a whole business model was crazy. Um, and it, it the idea came of um, from just because we did this for clients for the digital agency right we were just like growing people's followers and stuff like that and we saw that like with direct messages commenting all this stuff we could get leads for them right so leveraging the entrepreneur group right we did a huge sale and we had hundreds of customers come in right so like i think within 10 you know 10 11 months here we hit seven figures um in revenue here um, it's crazy time. The cost of everything was really low. Our margins were really high. I had a partner for the affiliate program, uh, partner for like the head of everything, and I was the partner of like support, uh, the bot uh, maintenance and stuff like that. Right. So we had three main partners here. Uh, we're all super young, nineteen. They were twenty-one. Um, the cease and assist came when about like a year in, where um, the API algorithm. Of everything changed right so like our bot stopped working as well right results were getting shittier and we're like what the fuck is going on right the next day we got a cease and assist from mark zuckerberg essentially saying you were making money off my platform without making any without me making any money from it right so like totally understandable right but as a 19 year old kid and 21 year old kids you're like what the fuck like, we, we just couldn't believe it because it was literally Mark Zuckerberg signed it. And we were shitting our pants, honestly. Like, we just did... I, I mean, one of the most powerful people on planet Earth just sent you a letter. Yeah. I just... What, what do you do? Literally, what do you do? Like, I, we didn't know how to react. Like, we were, like, speechless for, like, days, like... And uh, we were just like, fuck, like, what do we do? Because like, we made a lot of money and everything at such a young age. And... Uh, after the bot, everything happened, and after the cease and desist happened, we actually got a lawyer, an IP lawyer from San Francisco, Tech Capital, to deal with it. We dealt with it here, kind of a waste of money and time, because the whole time here, the API kept changing, the algorithm kept changing, so like we kept like losing money, but spending so much money out, so it was a good learning and business experience in our time, in our life, but um, what is that? Uh, that's pretty much it. Like after that, like we we knew at if we could do this at nineteen, imagine what we could do at thirty, mm-hmm. right? And when we were doing it at nineteen, we had no experience of running a business. Like yeah, I had maybe a year, right, of like of trying to understand the business. And then we jumped right into it, and we're like, fuck it, like what what did we lose, right? And it worked out thankfully, but like we were. Uh, another big detail I forgot to add was um, when we got this season assist, we got connected with a bunch of people in our industry as well, right? A bunch of other CEOs. And apparently a lot of other competitors of ours, because there are, I didn't know there was a lot of them, uh, got the same letter. So we uh, all got in a group, big telegram group, and we were just chatting about like, how do we like defeat this? How do, how, how do we take down Zuck? Um, obviously no one wanted to take down Zuck because that's impossible, but we, uh, all were like, what, what are you guys doing? Like, well, how are you changing up your business model? Like what's, what's changing your marketing and stuff like that. So we all discussed that. And what I, the biggest thing, the reason why I'm telling you about this is because the biggest competitor in our industry was a company called Instagress and they have been around for 
I think maybe 10 years, 11 years before we started. Wow. And uh, they were doing, I think, like multiple seven, if not eight figures a month in profit. Profit. Wow. All automated, no humans. Just you can go on their website and you can set it up. So we were like, Jesus Christ, how did, how did they do that? Right. And uh, they got a cease and assist as well. Um, we didn't get the chance to, to chat with them here, but like, we were wondering like, dude, you guys are the, your top G's in this industry. Like, what are you guys doing? So, but yeah, dude, it's, uh, after we got a season assist, our whole life changed. Honestly, we learned a lot, made a lot of money, but, uh, we needed to pivot after that. Yeah. So let's pause there because sure. you mentioned that you learned a lot of lessons, made a lot of yeah. money, then had to kind of stop. Mm-hmm. What led you to either believe you could succeed or have the tools to succeed at that age, doing what you were doing, was it like what did you, what characteristics did you have? What did you seek out, whether it be skill wise or resource or people yeah. that led to that success at that young age? Okay, that's a good question. So, skill wise, I learned how to be ruthless, right? So, like, one thing about business here, like, again, uh, my business journey, I guess, is a little, uh, it's not like it's not gonna be for everyone because a lot of entrepreneurs fail first business right like we did the exact opposite like we won too many times right uh but with that came with a lot of trials and tribulations right um becoming ruthless and not um stopping no matter what the like no matter what the outcome was is super important right i became a killer at understanding how human beings work because when you do everything online here and everything you you don't get to see people face to face right so you get to learn how to psychologically control and understand human beings just behind a keyboard. And if you could do that, you are a god, right? Because you didn't, like, conversations in person, right? You need to understand how they move, how they react to certain things here. When you're behind a computer screen, you're not seeing anything. You're seeing words on a, on a screen, right? So if you're able to control their emotions behind a computer screen, I know what I could do in person, right? So that actually led me to understand sales and psychology way more and, and all that stuff here very, very, very quickly. Um, understanding how to operate a business, right? That's what I learned very quickly as well because there are so many moving parts in it, right? I'm obviously at, at a high level here. I'm telling you all the good stuff. But I was working 18-hour days for 10 months straight. Health was not in check, right? Bank account was growing. Uh, f- lost a lot of friends, because uh, they all kept seeing my success like oh what is this like scam shit you're doing I'm like it's not really that at all it's a, it's a service right um, but uh, it's like operating a business and then uh, becoming ruthless becoming an amazing salesperson um, overcoming rejection right so one of the biggest things too with this business is because it is a service that people don't necessarily need but we force them to use it because it's such a small amount and we gave so much value, right? So it was kind of like a no-brainer. Like how Alex Hamozzi always says, uh, give them an offer that they can't refuse, right? We made sure that we did that immediately because how we did that is we had an affiliate commission program where you could be like, hey, if you refer people, you know, you get one month free, right? Or you can make 30 bucks, right? Free money left and right, right? So we understood incentives. We understood... uh, I mean, wow. I, I mean, that business alone made me an absolute savage in business just because I learned so many things so quickly. But again, it wasn't just like, oh, I spent two hours or three hours a day. It was 18 hours a day. Yeah. I woke up, work, 
sleep every day, 10 months, right? So you're in that shit all the time. So you lived it, breathed it, eat it, like everything you could possibly do. And you saw mistakes along the way the whole time, right? And that's the thing is like when I made a mistake or the other partners made a mistake, we got really frustrated with each other because we're young, all this money. Like it was just, it wasn't honestly the best environment. Very toxic, honestly. Um, but with that, I understood how to team build, right? Understanding like how, again, the emotional and psychological aspect of like working with other people, leading people. Dealing with problems. Um, uh, what what were the other questions you asked besides that? Like, well, and also what I want to add is like, would you recommend or put that on another young entrepreneur if you could? Like, would you recommend that route, or would it be totally different if you had to do it again just uh, because of like, okay, you know, that's you had to be put through the fire, and Correct. you might have been ready for the fire. Correct. But not everybody is ready, ready for, for the fire. Correct. But they can still be successful in other ways. For so sure. Like, if you had to, if you had a boot camp for these young entrepreneurs yeah. or these young people wanting to succeed, yeah. what would that look differently from kind of what you had experienced? Okay, that's a great question. Um, boot camp wise, I would uh, I would have a business for them to learn different skill sets, right? Because I was thrown into the fire, I had to learn everything at once, right? But nobody, not a lot of people can handle it. Mm-hmm. Right? It's just it's just too much for someone to handle, honestly, right? But I had no choice because I, this is what I wanted. I wanted this so badly, I was willing to risk everything, right? Um, so, uh, boot camp wise, I would, uh, teach people how to sell online, right? Like what you're doing, what appointment setting, closing, hundred percent start that. Um, that would be the first thing, honestly, for anyone to start, uh, becoming quote unquote entrepreneur, because if you know how to sell anything, you'll never be broke. Never. Like, uh, again, it's, if if you understand how to relate to consumer, understand a, a customer here. You will always be good no matter what industry you're in, literally, because what's what's business? You're selling one product to the, to the other end, right? That person needs to consume that product, right? No matter what shape or form. So if you understand how to do that in one aspect here, if you can translate it into every other industry, you'll 100% be okay, right? After learning sales and everything, then it comes a bunch of other stuff, right? And that's where you can go off and branch off into other things like funnel building, right? Marketing, uh, what is it like uh, running ads? Like there's so many different facets of business. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I, again, I learned it all at once here. So it's really hard for me to like think about where you would start and where would you end. But for sure, I know I would start at sales, right? And then after that again, because if you think about sales, if you really get into it here, you need to also understand every aspect of the business as well to become good at that sales job, right? If you know your product really well, right? And you stand behind it, you need to understand how they operate it, right? Because the more you're comfortable you are selling that product here, the easier the sale becomes, right? It just yeah. rolls off your tongue. Yeah. Right? And the way to let it roll off your tongue is to understand the business model A through Z, right? And again, that's why I'm so confident in everything I do here is because I don't talk about anything unless I know what the fuck I'm talking about. Because people can see through your bullshit. Even if you're a good bullshitter, right? You will eventually get caught up. With people saying, all right, what, you're missing all these parts here. Like, what, what does this mean? Right? So that, that's why, um, again, sales, I would start off with sales and then go your way into the multiple other facets. Yeah. yeah. To your point, um, I'll tell you who it was after kind of we talk because um, somewhat confidential within the company that I work for. Yeah. But I was able to talk to the um, CMO, a very notorious kind of internet business marketer guy. Yeah. Um, we have to talk to him for an hour, kind of get his input on what we were building with the business. Yeah. And hearing him break down just the funnel stuff, 
most a lot of it was over my head because of just the, the just the lingo and everything you sure. talk about that but just getting to see how his mind worked breaking down things instantly i was like oh this guy could look at anyone's funnel within 10 minutes and give them a plan to make you know seven plus figures and he was like oh yeah this landing page i made made about um three million in two months and we're like what like he just he's like yeah it's not optimized for coloring and all that stuff but i guess it just was good yeah. and we're just like what are you talking about so truly understanding and plus that guy he understands other parts of the business but he's a master at building funnels and exactly. so having that one skill yeah. can translate into many other things to help apply to help us get sales or someone else exactly. do very effectively yes um so i think we'd be remiss if we didn't bring up kind of the other parts of your journey we don't have to spend a ton of time but so you finish, you're like 19 years old at this point when yeah. you finish the, that um, business and you know, you have all the ambition in the world, yeah. you're hungry, you're like, I'm going to make this, what else can I do? Yeah. You've lived, you've lived a whole career in a year basically. Correct. And so what did you go to next? And I know this kind of next one is a little bit of a wild ride yeah, for yeah. you. So kind of go through sure. those um, difficult lessons learned, even though you're so successful in yeah. this avenue as well. Yeah. So after that, um, so after that business ran, like we still ran it for like a year and a half afterwards. So like I was still like 20 years old at the time. Um, we still ran it just even though the algorithm and everything changed and everything, we still ran it just to make some cash flow, right? So after that, we went into the music industry actually. So we reached out to uh, a music festival company called Prime Social Group based in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, we re- reached out to one, one of the owners here. We became really good friends with him. Uh, we went into a meeting with him, sat in his office and we're like, hey... Uh, we run this quote-unquote marketing company, right? Uh, we would love to help you guys out, right? Uh, we don't want anything in return except to make us DJs. <laughs> Pretty. What, what a crazy contract <laughs> request! Like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna do all these things for you except get me on stage. <laughs> just just get me on stage. I just like it, it. It was a very weird idea that we had here, but like, yeah, yeah we pulled it off. Yeah, um, and it worked. So we moved to Columbus, Ohio. Uh, we stayed at their penthouse for about six months that year. Uh, in four to five months, we built up the marketing department from the ground up. Um, we helped build them out with uh, multiple different uh, uh, streams of like uh, ticket sales, you know, their social media, mm-hmm. like content, all the stuff here. Because again, the whole point of music festivals have more eyeballs to your place, right? Get more people to, you know, sell tickets and stuff like that. So we really focused on leveraging and helping them out in all as- and all facets here to you know, get them running as efficiently as possible. Um, so we did that the first couple months, and then we created a DJ duo group with masks and everything. I'm going to keep the name confidential because... <laughs> just because. Um, and um, we performed uh, our first show in New York three months later. Um, it was about a couple hundred people there. We never performed at, at all, ever in our lives. We pulled it off. It was great. And then we did my first music festival in Ohio. It's called Numbers Fest uh, in Athens, Ohio. And uh, I turned 21 that night. Yeah, it's a crazy experience. Um, after that, that, our music career and journey just blew up like crazy. Unintentionally. Unintentionally. Because this came out first as a joke. Because we're like, we don't need the money or anything. But like, we wanted to see if we could pull this off. So we did. And after that music festival performance, uh, a lot of people saw who we were. And a lot of big people in the industry were like, this is a very cool, interesting concept here. Um, let's get you more involved. So that summer, we actually got a Las Vegas residency at Hard Rock Cafe in uh, Vegas, obviously. And uh, we got mentored by one of the biggest DJs in the industry. Uh, we went on tour for quite a bit. 
and then uh, at the end of the year we're actually get signed by the chain smokers agent right so uh, again i was 21 at the time here i uh <laughs> every, everything was happening extremely fast. oh yeah i, I did it yeah. I, extremely fast like i like I lived that rock star lifestyle like way too fast and like it caught up to me really quickly and I'm like, dude, I gotta relax. Yeah. You know, and I, I didn't want that life. Mm-hmm. I wanted to experience it. I thought it was cool. I mean, like dude, you're at music festivals, you know, you meet all these artists, you know, all, all the cool stuff, right? Um, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, after that uh, year, uh, I, me and my business partner started to not get along well because we had different goals and ambitions and stuff like that here. So we kind of, I've drifted apart and then uh, started doing my other business stuff. So when you walk in that room and you're like, hey, this is what I want to do, you have those conversations with yeah. these you know, people that are probably you know in their 40s or 50s or whatever, yeah. established yeah. in their careers, how did you? How are you able to show enough credibility and confidence in yourself for them to actually say yes? Because it's a crazy request yeah, no, no, that you is. make. <laughs> it is. Uh, I th- I, so I've always, I've never lacked confidence. Honestly, in anything I did. Uh, so, in terms of, like, uh, how I was raised as well. So, like, I did, didn't come from, like, the healthiest of house- households. So, my father and I don't have a relationship anymore. But he taught me a lot of life lessons that made me to who I am today. And becoming relentless, ruthless, and, like, killing the competition. Right? I was raised to kill the competition, no matter what aspect of life I'm doing. So, like, I, if I did something, I'd give 110% to it. There's just no half halfing ass, right? So, like, when I talk to anyone, right, it's pure conviction, what I'm talking about, right? And the proof I had, it, I was just like, we look, look at the company we built. Mm-hmm. I, we were 19, they were 21. Like, we did this in our dorm rooms, right? Like, no help, no guidance. We didn't have any previous business experience of building anything a million dollars or more, right? Nothing. It's pure hustle, ambition. And I guess I think that's what caught their their um, their attention because again, there's just not a lot of young ambitious people out there, and they are right. But you gotta you gotta look for them, right? And the people that are young ambitious, they don't really like to tell people or they don't like to do stuff. I mean, they're just it's just a certain type of caliber of person that requires you to go above and beyond to reach the next level. And again, we were just hungry. We were just genuinely hungry and wanted to get more and more out of life. So I guess that's. Yeah. So, and you also, when we talked about kind of this story before, you mentioned how not only was it, you know, you lived a rock star life, but like you're 21 at this point, yeah. um, maybe getting close to 22. I mean, most 21 year olds I know would be like, dude, I'm staying here forever. Man. Yeah. Dude, so what like allowed you, of course you had tensions rise with your business partner. Yeah, yeah. What allowed you to step away from that and then start over again? Like what, yeah. cause I, I know you said you don't like confidence, but that's still like, it's hard to walk away from like the girl in the red dress, like the, sure. the most appealing, crazy lifestyle possible, sure. especially at that young age. Um, it's because I didn't want that out of life. Okay. Right. Just uh, like, again, just for family background and stuff like that. I uh, came, a very, came from a very stressful life for 18 years of my life until I went to university. I mean, it was, I mean, my life is still stressful, right? But I can control it and leverage it in the way I need to. But Came from a very uh, toxic, stressful household here, home. Um, and when I saw it, and like with the drugs and alcohol and the people that were involved in the music industry here, um, it just wasn't for me, man. Just really wasn't for me. I, uh, I don't enjoy it. I don't like it. I also really uh, enjoy good human beings. 
like spending time with them, growing as a human. And the people that I was around, uh, they cared about money, power, uh, not really respect, right? Money and power, um, and then leveraging that money and power for their own benefit. No one's in the music industry to help you out. It's how how you can help them. Um, it's corrupt. Um, it's just I because I was so deep into like a lot of big musicians that everyone listens today, right? And I saw how they operate. I'm like, how do you guys live with each other? Like, there's no morals, bro. Right, and the people that do have morals, they don't get big for big for a reason, right? So like, it's I just couldn't be a part of it uh, at all here. Just uh, my moral compass was just going all over the place. Again, I was so unhealthy, you know. Just okay, so cool. The the sexiest women on earth, you know, wanted to be with me and stuff like that. Like, dude, I I didn't really care. I'm 21, right? Like, I I don't want that. Like, I I just want to make a lot of money, build a big family, right? Rebuild the empire that. Uh, my family quote unquote lost or and stuff like that but um, just yeah I just I wasn't for me man it really wasn't it just wasn't my vibe it's not who I am at all right now um, so I'm happy I experienced it I can I love to mentor people that like are trying to go into the arts or music industry or any type of entertainment industry uh, and just you know be there for them and guide them in the right aspects because a lot of people I mean 99% of people get lost Right. And there's a reason why like a lot of musicians, actors and stuff like that, they go through periods of just like alcoholism, drugs, and they get lost and they go through rehab for years, like and they relapse. Like, dude, it's it's just the industry, bro. Right? So I'm like, I'm not doing that shit. Mm-hmm. I have one life. So yeah. Exactly. So kind of talking about mentorship as a whole, you mentioned that you know, you had the the mentor that turned into a business partner, yeah. and I'm sure you've had other people on the way kind of give you guidance or help you as well. Yeah. And but now you're in the place, and so not only can you look up to you know high high level mentors because of where you're at personally in your yeah. um, career and life, but you also have the ability to help younger men yes. and younger individuals with kind of what they're building. Yeah. So what does that term mentor mean to you, and how would you structure? Um, kind of mentoring someone now. I know we talked a little bit about kind of the, the skills and whatnot you'd help them accomplish, but like overall, like how would you be, want to be approached? Because I think sure. so often some young dumb kid, like how you did, like I'll do anything for your time. Of course. Sometimes even them giving you a task is not worth their time because Absolutely. you're not going to be trained. You're not going to know what to do and they're wasting resources on the fact that you're doing some work. Yeah. So what would you um, do now if you were seeking that mentor almost like yourself today? Great question. So if I was seeking for a mentor here, I would um, first, uh, I mean, it's, it is hard just because I, I mean, even every day I get approached on social media, right? Asking like, can you help me? Can I work for you and stuff like that, right? Um, I give them the benefit of the doubt. Sometimes I hop on these calls, sometimes I really don't because based on the profiles, what they send me here, I just know if they're motivated or not. Right, some a lot of people want success, but they don't, not willing to put in the work, period. Right. So, if I was looking for a mentor right now, um, I would show them how dedicated I am. Right. Show them what I've done previously to ask for someone's help. Right. So again, the biggest problem right now is like, if a bunch of brokies that came up to me and said, hey. Uh, Ilya, I want to work for you. I want to learn from you here. But I haven't done anything for myself. 
right? I haven't taken the time to learn anything, read anything, blah, 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 right? I'm like, if you haven't done anything for yourself, what do you, what makes you think I can do something for you, right? That's, uh, I think that's the one biggest thing right now here is investing into yourself, whether it be reading entrepreneurial books, right? Reading, um, learning skill sets. Oh man, if you, if you learn a skill set right now and you say, hey, I've done X amount of training. I've tried to get jobs here and there here. I'm looking, just looking for a mentor to help me like get to, I'm, I'm at A, I'm trying to get to B, right? What would you guide me and stuff like that here? But again, you show them that I've already done X, Y, and Z already. The likelihood of that person responding to you is way higher. Yeah. Because again, the, anyone that has success or anything like that, they get hit up every single minute of every single day. Ask for something, Right. But it's the people that, like, how you stand out is from, like, okay, I work for this person here. I've done this, right? I'm trying to get to this point. I've came to you because you've done X, Y, and Z. I've listened to your podcast. I know what you do here, right? Show the effort and understanding who they are, right? And see how that, number one, and then showing what value add you can give to them. Yeah, funny, funny enough, I mean, when I was seeking out certain partnerships like this or just having discussions with individuals, I was like, I don't have any skills. I don't know what to do. But then one person pointed out, they said, Hey, the one thing you have though, is that you've interviewed over 150 people. Like you have, even though you might not have the podcast where you want it to, and you're still trying to grow it, you at least have the persistency and the skill or, and just even showing that you were willing to do it for that amount of time. Exactly. Um, and I've actually had like previously when I was, um, at university last year, two years ago, whatever, um, I received mentorship because I was willing to do interviews for the person that was one of the mentor me. Exactly. He was like, "Hey, I'm trying. I'm trying to get this donor, and I still got to meet like I met someone who's worth five hundred million and my first billionaire based off doing this for this guy. Yeah. But then in turn, he was meeting with me fairly often, bringing me on golf trips with him, stuff like that, yeah. um, to have these conversations and to be able to kind of grow into his network. And so, yeah, I didn't have crazy skill he could maybe monetize immediately but i solved a small issue that he was going through on a day-to-day basis yeah. and kind of gave him that quick solution and said no 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 big deal and yes i felt as like over time i might have almost became a pawn for yeah. like that individual or whatever was going on but it was necessary because i didn't have anything to give until that point Correct. to then understand my value later and say i've done enough now where I, I don't need to be doing every little thing this person asked me to Correct. without expecting much in return yeah. because i did my time and i think that's where people get lost is like They'll be like, I just need a shot at a position and they get a shot and they're going to be like, oh, I want to raise or I want more money or I want this. It's like, prove yourself first. Correct. Go do the work at the low cost because you're focused on the skill, not the money immediately. Correct. Because like, that's kind of what I'm focusing on right yeah. now with sales. That like, there's other jobs that may have higher commission or a promise of a bigger payday, but this job that I'm working for, I think I can make a lot of money, but I'm also getting lots of reps. Exactly. They're inbound calls, all that type of stuff. And I see myself having the opportunity to really dial in a skill versus like selling a $15,000 product, making higher commissions, but you're only having two calls a day. Yep. That's not going to get you where you want to be. So at least from my opinion, I do agree in the sense that, and, and that could be like, just do something. Yep. Like, and then if you realize that you don't like it, then at least you did something and you're like, Hey, I did, did this for three months, realized it wasn't for me, but I moved on. Yeah. Um, instead of saying, Oh, I spent three months trying to see if I wanted to make a decision, but never really got, gave conviction or commitment to a particular thing. Exactly. It's, it's a cyclical thing that I went through before I started and made the leap to do this, that I was like, Oh, I have this really cool idea. I have yeah. this thing to do. And I just kept bringing that up and people were sick and tired. It was the boy who cried wolf. Yeah. Oh, I had an, an idea here, an idea there, and I never kind of brought it to life. And so I took this as my opportunity to say, 
I don't care what anyone thinks. I don't care if it's successful immediately, but I'm going to commit for however much time to kind of committing myself to this craft. Absolutely. So. Yeah. I mean, you did a perfect job. I appreciate that. Yeah, you did. And, and even with our conversations, like yeah. we haven't talked a ton, a ton, yeah. um, but I kind of go in knowing that right now, based on, you know, if we looked at just life metrics, if that was a thing, if we had a score above our head, yeah. I'm like, all right, Ilya is, is above me right now. Yeah. He's done all these different things. So I'm going to fit into his schedule right now. Yeah. I'm going to make sure that I am flexible with his time and say, Hey, I have this, I have this Sunday available for this interview. When works for you? Can you do this time? Yeah. And then if we need to move things around, we can, or when we're doing a, a phone call or whatever, it's like, what works for you? Yeah. Um, and just being willing to like, Hey, 15 minutes is that's all I get said. No big deal. I'm not going to complain. Yeah. Um, and having that mindset and saying, he, he only talked to me for 30 minutes or an hour. It's like, be grateful and show that person appreciation exactly. because they did not have to do that for that day. Yeah. And a lot of them want to give back because they were your age once. They were at that kind of skill level or that kind of place in time. But it doesn't mean that you don't show them uh, the highest version of respect. Exactly. Um, and so I think that's um, where you come from in a lot of ways. Yeah. Whereas these people that are begging for your time, they're not respecting it in the sense that they no. don't realize what they're really asking for, what exactly. that is worth. Exactly. So, yeah. Hey, sorry to interrupt. If you listened this far, I truly appreciate it. If you could do me a favor, please share the podcast however you found it, whether it was on social media, through a friend, or even myself. It would mean the world to us if you've been enjoying the episode. Take a few seconds just to share it. Enjoy the rest of the show. So kind of moving on, I wanted to talk more about some life stuff because what's been interesting is that Ever since that young age where you, you know, had the Vegas residency and then um, you went into some other businesses in the tech industry and e-commerce, you were, you know, you had, you had C-suite positions at what, 22 yeah. years old, like yeah. crazy. Yeah. But then you kind of got into doing your own thing and, and getting back into this whole lifestyle, travel, but still working really hard. Yeah. First of all, what has brought you to, I know you're making a big move soon, you're yeah. kind of going to a different location. Yeah. And having the amount of money to be able to make these decisions for yourself, what made you choose kind of go to Dubai, do all these kind of specific travel location, lifestyle type things in the recent kind of past? So I, um, I'm a big, uh, cultural guy, big family man as well. Um, and I do like to be in places where I feel like the happiest, the healthiest and get, and get the most work done, right? As I get older, I really value my time and the environment that I'm in. Um, again, like the thing that always revolves in my head is like, you have one life. You have one life, right? And once you fully under, understand that and grasp that, um, you know, you, you want to make the most out of it, right? And for me, because um, I'm a first-generation American, um, I, I've always felt America was just not my home. Right, I, I'm very grateful and thankful of all the lessons and all the people I've met here, but I feel um, like I haven't been home, honestly. Right, so in Dubai here because I'm also Arabic as well. Uh, not only am I going there for the tax incentives, right, but also the group of people around all entrepreneurs, right, seven, eight, nine figure billionaire guys. I, it's the environment where I'm forced to focus even further, right, because like at my my, at my life right now here, I'm 26, I just turned 26 here. I'm trying to hit that, honestly, nine-figure mark in the next, like, four, four to five years, right? I want to start a family after that, right after, right? Um, so, like, I'm trying to be in the deep work these next couple of years here, accomplish everything I need to, and then start building a family here. Re- again, the reason why I chose Dubai is because it's a place of focus. Uh, the environment you're around is a bunch of people just like you that are trying to achieve more and more. 
Um, other locations are Malaysia, because I'm also Malaysian. Uh, very low cost of living, right? One dollar over there gets you much further. Um, and uh, I love Asia, love the food, love the culture. Um, I'm trying to find a spot as well in Europe to also base at least a couple months out of the year there. I love Europe just because of everything it provides, right? The food, the culture, the people. Um, and then I haven't hit South Africa yet or uh, Latin America or South America, which I'm going to be doing this year. Um, so after I've explored those places and spent a decent amount of time, I'll see if I'm trying to home base any of those places as well. But so far it's going to be Dubai, Asia, uh, somewhere in Europe for sure. And then maybe two other places as well. But again, I'm, I'm going to these places just because I'm trying to really maximize life at this point, right? Like I've, I don't need the parties, right? I don't need to hang out with women. And like I, I'd rather grow my network and also help as many people as possible. And I, cause I, I also understood like what my purpose is, right? Thankfully, and what value and what I need to be doing on this planet to, to give as much as possible. So, and I think being in multiple different locations, being on podcasts and helping everyone out with, um, whatever they need with with business or life, I can do that much more in different locations, honestly, because again, like in different parts of the world here, what America has access to, not a lot of places have access to that as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. So like, I feel like I can add so much more value and effect and change so many more lives. Do you think that, of course, maybe not the level of lifestyle and travel because, you know, you are of the upper echelon and making these decisions, you know, renting the cars or using the cars in the area, the places you're staying, of course. But for someone that's younger and they're on that journey, do you recommend going to these locations, maybe on the cheaper side, you know, Latin America, um, when they are still young on the grind, even if it's to see like that perspective change, or do you think they should be focusing on just the craft and just building the business until they have the means to do that without maybe as much stress or putting, you know, money down the drain, um, that they could be reinvesting back in the business or their skill sets? That's a great question. Um, I think it honestly depends on the entrepreneur, right? Cause I know a lot of entrepreneurs that, uh, just want to focus on the craft and because a lot of People, at least in America here, their families are here. So they don't really have much interest in traveling. Yeah, traveling for fun, vacation, totally fine. But uh, um, again, if, if you're someone that loves to travel and you you see yourself becoming a lifestyle entrepreneur, right, that wants to work from home and everything, highly recommend get down to the craft at least making 5 to 10K a month first, right, consistently, not having to worry about bills, then go to different countries. Uh, like Bali, I wouldn't recommend Bali. I just came back from it. Just, just wasn't for me mm-hmm. for focus. A lot of distractions there. It's very cheap there, whatever the case may be. But it's just not for me for 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 work at least. Um, but the like other countries like South America, cheaper countries, I highly recommend. I know a lot of people, especially from Tribe, right? Uh, they go to these countries, have a great time. They can work, they can grind, as well as you know have a good time as well. And again, it, but a lot of those people as well that are like that, that travel, uh, also, they either have a great relationship with their family or they don't, right? So that's what I'm saying. It depends on, yeah. on the entrepreneur. Yeah. I mean, we've kind of both seen that with um, 
people that we are kind of mutually involved with. And, you know, for myself right now, I'm kind of in that build mode and still trying to find time. Like I might be going um, this week to drive to Ohio to see a couple of guys and just work there, be in the same, you know, Sydney for four or five days and get our stuff done during the day, but then have these awesome talks at night and and have that synergy. And so you definitely want to make it happen, but it doesn't mean you have to be going um, to a Latin America, to a Bali, um, all the time because you know there's a period in, in life where that makes the most sense yeah. but also on the other side of the coin i was talking to um a, a great relationship i had with the previous guest and he was mentioning how um the certain times of life breed better better stories in the sure. sense that you know when you're in your 20s and you make that decision to backpack across europe that's a much better story and a much makes your life kind of resume much more interesting and in, in who you are as a person your character sure. than if you did in your late 30s yeah um because it, it builds that that kind of rawness of yourself and, yeah. and who you become um, in your formative years. And yeah. so, of course, you want to make the, the economic decision and the success decision that helps you the most in the future, yeah. but also having that story and having that character building experience um, is like no other. And you kind of had that with your business. And Correct. so it's like you just led uh, such a unique life path yeah. that, um, of course, you can speak from your experience and your expertise of where you're at now, yeah. but it's also like most people can't expect to have the same comp that you had no, yeah. in, in many other senses as well. Absolutely. And that's good. It really just depends on who you are and what you're trying to achieve, right? Just like the backpacking thing. Like uh, I know a lot of younger people that want to do that, right? And uh, and but the, here's, here's the thing about like the backpacking stuff. Like again, it, it really depends on who you are and what you're trying to achieve in this life. That's also what it comes down mm-hmm. to, right? It's just um, the people that I know like that backpack in their 20s, right? Yes, it builds character and stuff like that, right? But afterwards, I, uh, depending on who you are, uh, a lot of them linger in that headspace. Uh, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, they can't switch back to like, I'm working, I'm doing this. Yeah. Exactly. Right? And again, it comes down to the type of human being you are, right? Uh, and uh, I think it's super important to... You don't have to get your life figured out at, at any age, honestly, mm-hmm. right? Life is your own journey. But I think uh, it's important that you know what you're what you want out of life, right? Yeah, definitely. If if you want that nine to five and it pays you well, go for it, right? But if you also want to live an extraordinary life, in terms of like traveling, um, having the free time and the ability to do whatever you want, right? It, it comes with certain sacrifices, right? So like that's again, it really comes down to who you are, what you're trying to achieve, and what you want to want to do. Yeah. Well, it seems. From one thing you have done very well right now is the kind of selectivity of who you surround yourself with. Absolutely. And your friends. And you Absolutely. call you call your best friends cousins because yeah. they are family. So Correct. talk about like how you decide if someone is going to be intensely involved in your life. Yeah. Of course, especially business partners nowadays, you Absolutely. spend sometimes more time than family with them. Absolutely. Um, so making those decisions as well, like how yeah. do you go about um, managing these relationships, these friendships um, that you have? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Managing relationships is, uh, I guess, one of my biggest skill sets, right? It's something that I've always had the ability to do. Um, and unfortunately, it comes from a very bad household as well as a very broken family. That's where it stems from, right? Um, uh, as I got older, I was never really close to my parents. As I'm a lot older now, I'm very pretty close with my mom, a lot closer. Again, my father and I don't have a relationship. My brother and I are getting closer as well. But to me, uh, having relationships is in every aspect is the most important thing to me because I don't really give a shit if I'm a billionaire and no one's at my funeral. <laughs> Simple as that. 
Uh, I, I'd rather be a guy that's multi-millionaire, has amazing people around them that genuinely care for each other, love them unconditionally. Um, how I manage everything, it's, it's, it's quite hard, um, but uh, it's because I have no other choice uh, for me just because I also have a lot of responsibility for, again, from a broken home and family. There's a lot of people that look up to me and there's a lot of people that expect certain things from me here, uh, which puts me on a pedestal that I always have to become better and better, right? So uh, making time for my loved ones here is is uh, not a question. If everyone knows and respects that I'm a family man first and business and family man foremost. Um, so just like you said, all my best friends here are called cousins just because that's how close we are. And if anyone needs help, they can just call me and they'll know I'll be there. Um, Building that bond is so much more important to me, uh, even, especially as I get older. Right? Like I said, I'm so limited on time just because I want to f focus on working. But again, um, I don't also like to have uh, unproductive uh, talks and conversations, if you will. Right? I just think it's a complete waste of my time and energy here. Um, for some reason... Uh, just again, because of my past life and everything like that. Yes, I'm 26, but I also feel like I'm 40 years old, right? Just because of how much trauma and all the stuff I had to go through. Um, business life and all that personal stuff, um, which forced me to, again, uh, have better relationships with everyone that I talk with, right? I want to have a fulfilling relationship, conversation. Like, I don't do, like, the small talk because, like, I don't really get to see who you are as a human being. Right? And at the end of the day, like that's who I'm trying to get to know, right? Not not the surface level you, right? It's it, the it's what's underneath the skin that I care about and want to see and how how I can help you or mm -hmm. you can help me, right? How you can develop and grow, right? Um, because I'll, I I really care about that stuff as well. It's because I think especially nowadays, no one does that. Genuinely, no one does that, yeah. right? Like no one spends the time of just like hours of just like talking about life and yeah there are people that do that right but how close do you get with that person after that those conversations right can you call them and say hey bro i'm dealing with something i would love your advice uh and like i would love like your intimate advice like i don't want this surface level bullshit right like every mentee that i have now right like i know their personal life they know about my personal life and they know that they can feel so comfortable around whatever they're trying to talk to me about i'm like okay because you've done this, this, and this, I can relate to this, this, and this. I would recommend this, right? Like, I'm here to help you solve your problems. I'm mm -hmm. here to help you grow. I'm here to help you guide you in any way, shape, or form here. Um, uh, yeah, and honestly, it's just the, being a genuine human being, bro, is just hard. Like, no one does that anymore, bro. Literally, no one. And it's just super sad and unfortunate that you don't get to meet a lot of people like that around. So that's why I, uh, if you're a friend of mine, right, We'll stay friends, but I hope to get to a point where I can just call you my cousin. Yeah, and there's also the difficulty of, like, I have a lot of friends recently, and I'm like, dude, why are you just on your phone? Like, why? Because, I mean, there's... You can't do that, bro. And, and I've, myself, like, you know, gr I grew up more in that era, and so mm -hmm. I found myself like, oh my gosh, I can't go this amount of time without touching my phone in certain situations. Yeah. Like, I feel uncomfortable otherwise. Yeah. And so I've really tried to break that by, you know, getting rid of the social media apps and especially with work time, my phone goes in that drawer right over there for however much time. And if someone needs me, they just like, will text my iPad and, yeah. and I'll see it more, more easily or my, my laptop. And I've really tried to like 
keep my phone and do not disturb when I'm with important people or, or try to keep it away as best as possible. I'm still not perfect um, by any means, but being intentional with those those relationships and conversations, like some of my best experiences with people were happening where, you know, there wasn't service or yeah. we, we couldn't, like the lake house, like where there's no reason to go on your phone in that setting. Exactly. Um, we're all it's hanging out. We're all hanging out in a boat. You, you, you can't get any service or connection that you'd like to and we're all late just talking about whatever. Yeah. And like those are the times where I'm like, this is, I'm going to remember this in this amount of time. Or exactly. This, or like some of the tribe guys when we were in, uh, some came to Chicago that we also, in, in Los Angeles a couple of years ago, a year and a half ago, like we just like hung around outside, um, just real late at night just talking. And I was like, now those guys are some of my best friends, talk to them weekly. Um, and, and granted, because of the locations, we have to be on our phone to have yeah. these conversations. But the distance does not make us any less close. Absolutely. Um, which is powerful in many ways. Absolutely. Um, but it is difficult. Um, what about like ending relationships or realizing like someone isn't good for you? And even in a business sense of whether it be firing someone or saying ending a business kind of relationship in many terms, like how have you been able to navigate those tougher conversations um, to, you know, make sure that they're, you know, still okay in their path and, um, but they understand the facts of if they messed up, this is what happens. Or if like just something didn't work out, understand that, that you might not have that same relationship or conversation with them from yeah. then on. Um, so I've, uh, I've lost a lot of business partners. I've lost a lot of, uh, friends here. Um, I, I, when people get to know me, they know that I'm very, um, I'm a very simple man, but I work on very, uh, uh, simple rules of life and respect, right? If you break those rules and respect here, I no longer have the energy or ability to, um, try to pretend like I, I want to hang out with you or, or speak to you again. Just because the the simple rules of uh, respect uh, are just, again genuine hu- humanity things, right? Humane things to do, um, like che- uh, cheating, lying, stealing, stuff like that. Here I, again, like I, I I'm okay if, if someone does something small, whatever. Like I'll give you a second chance, right? But it it's a constant repetition of like, oh yeah, bro, like I made this mistake during this business here, right? Uh, I'm 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 gonna fix it, right? But it keeps happening again and again and again. I'm like, dude, I'm sorry. I, I just have to I have to let you go, right? It's just uh, no hard feelings, but uh, and this is the big thing about business with me as well. I I'm emotionally detached in everything that comes to business, right? That's you can't be emotionally attached with business because that's when you make rash decisions, right? That's where you start losing money. That's where you really start focusing on all the other wrong aspects and how to scale a business instead of letting it flourish properly, right? So, uh, relationships, again, for business-wise, has come down to moral stuff as well as, like, can you keep up, right? Can you do the simple things? Are you willing to do this? Why are you doing this, right? And then personal relationship-wise is, like, again, simple rules of being a human. Are you genuine? Are you nice? Are you kind? Uh, do you have good intentions? Right? Like, if you don't, like, I, I just don't have time for it. Like, again, it's just, your time is so limited. And again, I think uh, I, I talked to, about this with a lot of people. For me, and for a lot of guys that pass the age of 25, right? For some reason, it's that 25 mark. It's like when you take your life way more seriously. Especially with the people, your health, and a lot of things. Because you're halfway to 30. Right, I know you're still young and everything, but if you've had a long entrepreneurship life already and journey and building businesses and stuff like that, it takes a toll on you. Right, it's not it's not easy. None mm-hmm. of this stuff is easy. Right, so 
being very wary of the people you're around is, is super important. So you mentioned how valuable your time is and how you have to treat it as such or else yeah. it'll slip away. Yeah. How do you spend kind of your work day or a given day? I mean, no matter the location, it seems you have the discipline to make sure you get those important things done. But what is a kind of day in the life of Ilya look for you right now? So because I just came back from Bali and, and Southeast Asia, my sleeping schedule is a little fucked up still. So when I get back to everything, hopefully by tomorrow here, I usually uh, wake up around like six or seven, do meditation. Right, at least like 15 to 30 minutes, just deep nothingness, right? Breathe, focus on breath work. After that, I usually go to the gym in the morning, um, an hour, an hour and a half, sauna, steam room, ice bath, uh, get back at like around nine-ish. Deep work for like three to four hours, right? No distractions or anything like that. Eat lunch, um, read, and then I, I do a little bit of work, but I don't need to do that much of intense work. Um, I try to really focus on intense work in the morning here because I get the most stuff done. Um, but again, as I've gotten older and because I know what what it entails to scale any type of business or stuff like that here at this point, um, I don't need to work 16 hours a day, right? Uh, I don't need to work 18 hours a day. I know that if I spend un, my undivided attention for four hours a day, very undivided attention, I can get done. Uh, what people get, what people want to accomplish in a year, I can get done in weeks, right? And that's like what comes down to just pure focus and stuff like that. So, after the four hours after lunch here and stuff like that, I relax a little bit here, spend time with family, spend time with my cat, um, and then I do boxing Muay Thai at, at night. Uh, relax, read, and then repeat. Yeah, uh, nothing crazy. And it seems like in order to accomplish these things now, maybe on early on, you had to build these over time, but your life has to have some sort of systems and automations to make sure that, yeah. of course, you're making the, the more intense um, and kind of decisions for your companies that are to lead to the most growth and scaling. Correct. But there are lots of other things you need to get done yeah. throughout a day. So what have you built out to ensure that not only is your time effective and um, kind of what you spend, but also the money you're putting into the business to help grow it and the people that you've employed to kind of grow your vision um, alongside you. What have you instilled there to ensure success? So for me, everyone that I work with here, um, genuinely everyone that I work with here, uh, they have skin in the game, right? I, I don't like to, I don't have any employees per se. Everyone has skin in the game, so they have either uh, sweat equity, equity, profit share, revenue share, some sort of thing that if I win, you win, right? Uh, the reason why I do that is just because I've have had employees, multiple different businesses, um, gone to shit, right? Strictly because they don't feel like they are feeling as much value as they can bring, right? And they're not as motivated as, as someone that feels like they are building this with you, right? So um, I instill like very strict um, timelines of what all of us need to do and reach at a very specific time period because if we're all on the same page and we all are focused on the same goal you can get there so quickly mm -hmm. right and again you can't get can't get that or expect that from people that you're paying on an hourly basis or a salary basis because they're working for you for a reason right not because they're in it for you to also scale to the moon right um so other systems automations i have really um i have like daily calls weekly calls uh, check-ins um nothing crazy bro that's it <laughs> honestly very simple 
Gotcha. I want to transition a little bit more into, you've mentioned how much of a family man you are yeah. and you want to build that legacy and you want to have, you know, that packed funeral because you made such an impact. Um, but I want to ask, even, I mean, you're still fairly young yeah. in, in this game of life, yeah. but what do you think, um, in term, terms of education, of course, you've dealt with a lot of young people, a lot of people in your time. What do you think is missing um, in terms of the education of men in general? And then what would you hope your kids are learning um, when they're kind of going through whether traditional or non-traditional education as they're growing up? Okay. Great question. Um, education. So, like, uh, the reason why I had such a hard life, right, uh, at home is because my father was actually an orphan. Um, and his my grandfather was murdered. And then uh, I actually came from a pretty big Arabic royalty family background. Um, with that here comes with unspoken rules and things that you need to do as a man, right? In which I think that I'm doing now for myself as well as the future generations as well as everyone around me, right? I think it's very important to do that. Education-wise, um, being a man in today's society here is super important uh, with understanding what your role is, what needs to be done, and how to... Um, really live your life and again just because of how i have like eastern mindset right i guess um it's very different from the western mind of like um you know splitting the bill for example right it's just i was never raised like that so as a man um in other parts of the world it is always a man's responsibility to take care of the family physically financially um those are the biggest two important things here um one big lesson that I have seen that has played a massive impact in my life. Um, because of the lack of um, fatherhood I had, uh, being there as a father in terms of uh, helping them grow and teaching them the right paths on how to achieve the most out of life, super important. And what I mean by that is um, teaching them proper skill sets, right? Teaching them how to treat women teaching them how to take care of a home, kids, uh, your health. Very little things here, but that make a huge impact for the rest of your life, right? Uh, reading the proper education, uh, reading the proper like, books uh, about how the world works, how money works, right? How to lead a family. Um, the, my biggest thing about for my kids here in the future the me so, no matter how much money I make in this life here, I know that I will not be giving a lot of it to my sons. Why? Uh, because I think every man needs to go through hardship because it builds that character, right? And through that character here, if you've done a phenomenal job and you know what needs to be done to become the best version of yourself, you become an amazing human being, right? And because my father didn't have a father, uh, and me essentially not really having a strong father figure as well, I had to go through a lot of life lessons myself, right, that instilled a bunch of respect and appreciation towards a lot of simple things that, uh, again, not to throw shade in a lot of Western people here, but it's a lot of things that people take for granted, right? And the reason why, again, I'm big on respect, family, and stuff like this here is because uh, you know, when you do this much traveling, you see, you know, how life and cultures and people operate here. You really get to understand, like, wow, like, you are really blessed 
to live in such a specific place, having running clean water, right? Very simple things here. Um, and again, like once you understand that here, you want to instill those morals right into your children at such a young age and show them like, this is an amazing thing called life, right? Be super respectful for everyone, right? It doesn't matter if you're, uh, come from royalty or you come from the slums right you you have no idea what that person from the slums can achieve if you give them the resources that you had right so it's um yeah man it's just uh, a bunch of uh specific knowledge on on how life should operate men and women wise um i think again it's just super important being for me one of my biggest goals is being an, an amazing dad right um, and, I, and I really want to show people that um, you can become the best parent possible while still building your dreams. Because another big thing, too, I'm sure you've seen this in the Western world. As soon as a lot of people have kids, like they kind of like stop mm-hmm. with their dreams. Like, dude, why? Yeah, it's like some people have kids at like 26, 27. And yeah. it's like they're dead. That's it. Yeah. Like, why? Like you, you have kids, but that you still have your whole life ahead of you. Yeah. Right, you shouldn't just stop for that kid, right? That kid is your whole life, great. But like, you are also a human being. You have one life as well. Don't you want to show that kid that anything is possible, right? And show them that, yes, I had you here, but I have stuff to do as well, right? I'm going to love you, take care of you, let you grow. And like, yeah, man, it's just a bunch of stuff like that. Yeah. I have a t-shirt from Jacob Matitek, um, who I met through kind of the, the tribe people and whatnot. Yeah. He's an awesome guy. He's own clothing brand called Paradise Hills. And the t-shirt on the back of it, it says, um, most people die at 25, we don't bury them until 70. Yeah. And it's like, I was like, wow, I was like, want that. So I yeah. bought that immediately. And it's just a, a very true sense. And even if it's not even related to kids, the fact that people, you know, they have a lot of ambition, you know, 18, 19 years old, and then they kind of settle for something. And, you know, some people, they want to just live a stable, secure, habit, exactly. which is completely which fine. Is totally fine. Like, you understand what you want. And exactly. do, the, do the exercises that will let you know that, and so you're secure in that decision. Correct. Um, but if you never did that kind of discovery or that um, figuring yourself out in that sense, not that you have to have life figured out, but enough of what your purpose is and the lifestyle that you kind of desire then you're doing yourself a disservice um, of not knowing what you could be or what you might be in a more optimal situation. Yes. So there's a lot. But uh, another thing I want to ask is, um, you mentioned a lot on the treatment of women, and I'm curious what you think the gap is right now of, because um, you surround yourself with a lot of, you know, as well as very successful guys, a lot of other young guys that um, are on that path, maybe a little bit younger, a little yeah. bit not there yet. So what do you think these younger men have to do to fill the gaps that you're seeing maybe in the Western world or overall, whether it be the, the treatment of women and dating yeah. and other things like that? Yeah, man. So great question as well. Um, gosh, it's... Uh, so the the bubble that I grew up in, I, I you know, I grew up in north side of Chicago yeah, as well, yeah. Winneka, Nutria. And I was just with one of my best, best friends growing up yesterday, actually. We were just chatting about this. And... Um, Oh man, it's just it's a it's it's a wide and very big difference on how men operate in really different parts of the world, bro. Like it, it is crazy. Like I met the um, these couple Russian women, Ukrainian women in Bali, right? And uh, they were chatting me to me about how at the age of twenty two, all their friends have kids, right? Um, they have husbands already, right? And um, 
when someone like they for them specifically you know that when they go into relationship it's to marry right when when you guys when here like they have sex right they have all this good stuff right here but they i don't feel like it's a lot of building towards a future right i feel like it's just relationship you guys like each other physically attractive you know you like certain attributes here which is great right but then like as a lot of people get older and I, again i, I can may, may be wrong and there's a lot of situations I've, i have been wrong in but specifically what i've seen is um men don't really have that masculine role anymore especially in the in the western world because it's shoved down the wrong way right and a lot more women here are just like way more masculine than you need to be like i <laughs> Like, genuinely, like, the eastern side of the world here, like, women want to be as feminine as possible. Like, they don't want to worry. They don't want to stress. Like, they want their man to take care of them, right? So, in terms of, like, the young guys that are, you know, making money and everything, I, I just say, like, gosh, just treat women with decency, right? And the problem with a lot of men here, uh, as well, is, like, they treat women like shit, right? And I just don't understand, like, how uh, you can't be, like, a gentleman. And, like, being a gentleman is just so, like, out of pocket now. And that just blows my mind. Oh, dude. I, I've gone on, like, first dates and, like, wow, like, thank you for coming to the door. Like, thank you for, like, like in high school, like, thank you for, like, introducing yourself to my dad or, like, saying hi to my mom when he walked in. I was like, yeah, yeah, you're welcome, sure. But, but I was like, that should be the bare minimum bare in minimum. Many, many situations. Or, like you said, picking up the check or opening the door for them. Yeah. Like, just being... Walking them home. Yeah, and, and a lot of that stuff... Like, in my opinion, is like, also, like, a first impression. I was like, I want you, if that's, like, the first date and they're not even trying that, yeah. that's where they should be the best of them. Exactly. And if they're not going to do that in that situation, what are they also not going to do in the future, yeah. even kind of resort to even lesser behaviors? Yeah. Um, so, my, my dad, at least, he very much instilled that in me in a young age. Um, and, I mean, one of the craziest things was also the parents appreciating it. Like, yeah, when, when you have a conversation with, um, you know, a possible girlfriend or whatever you're talking to, and then their father exudes the the respect back and forth there, like, that conversation, that's just as big as having the relationship with the with the daughter in the Absolutely. first place. Um, like, having that kind the of respect goes through the roof. Yeah. Exactly. Well, like, because, I mean, having an older sister, I got to see, you know, uh, a guy come in the house here yeah. and there, and... Yeah. Um, my dad and I can kind of sniff out like, oh, this one won't be here for long, yeah, or, or like this one's sure. a keeper. Like we, yeah. like you, you see that dynamic, exactly. um, especially being a man as well. Like yeah. even at that young age, you're like, oh, this is the right way, this is the wrong way. Yeah. Um, and too many people don't have that lens right now, um, or that kind of upbringing. And I, I would say I was fortunate enough, so I'm not going to like say that you can't make that excuse just no. because I didn't grow up in that situation. Yeah. And kind of we, we both fortunate to have at least those traits instilled in us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's definitely something that needs to be changed and altered and instilled in, in young men. It is. I, and like, I think there's a lot more specific things as well here. Um, and it just, I think it just comes down to like uh, self-respect as well. Right? Like respect yourself enough to like, hey, like, again, yeah, picking up a check and all that stuff is like, again, that should be naturally coming to you. Right? But like um, taking care of yourself. Right, physically, mentally, spiritually, and all these things here. Because if you take care of yourself here, proper women will come into your life, right? And they they'll see that as well here that you really take care of yourself. And before going on any type of a date here, right? Women are a lot smarter than men in a lot of ways. Yeah. Right. So they can sniff out bullshit right away, right? So like, uh, really taking care of yourself and really understanding that you are on a date or trying to get in a relationship with this girl for this reason 
right? And showing them that you're not here to waste their time, right? Because again, I think this, I'm not a big fan of this hookup culture. This is not, that's not for me, mm-hmm. right? So like when I get into like a very uh, big relationship here, like I, again, I'm, I'm here to marry you. I'm here to love you, respect you, you know, give you the best and happiest life possible here. And let's build together, right? We've had amazing life. Very yeah. simple. I think one of the other things a lot of guys and just individuals lack right now is communication. Absolutely. Um, because, like, I don't even understand the why ghosting is a thing because it's not yeah. that difficult just to say, like, hey, I'm not in you right now. Or, exactly. hey, like, I don't know the situation. Um, I can't make my own sound decision, so I'm not going to lead you on anymore. Like, yeah. because then my, like, as your own person, your conscience will feel so much better. Exactly. If you just tell that person and also, like, I don't want, and this might be a selfish thing, I don't want people to have negative things to say about me when they might not be warranted just because I stopped communicating with someone. And so I at least like to kind of get ahead of it and say like, hey, um, this maybe isn't the right decision for me right now, the right situation. Um, I just want to let you know like, and just give them the decency of an explanation um, or the conversation for them to even say like, hey, why did this not work out or anything like that? Just because... It's also, it, it's so torturous to leave someone saying, like, did I do something wrong? Yeah. Was it me? Like, was it, what was the situation? Or were they seeing someone else? It's like, so many things enter that person's head. Um, and our buddy Will says the best as he goes, I don't want to leave trauma on a woman for the next man to deal with or for Absolutely. the next individual or for some people in their lives or even the girl especially to, like, have to go through that. It's yeah. like, make, you have to understand you're imprinting um, kind of what happens in your life on others and being very cognizant of that is very important. Absolutely. Well, that's great, yeah. It's a great quote, actually. Oh, yeah. He's, I mean, if, if there's anyone that has a lot of nuggets. Um, oh, it's Philosopher Will. Yeah, Philosopher Will has yeah. quite the um, the brain. And every time I talk to him, especially about spirituality and whatnot, yeah. um, he's very much been a guide for me there quite recently. Um, and he gets on me about certain things to make sure, you know, I'm on the path and I'm yeah. continuing these these positive life decisions. And I'm, I'm hoping I get to see him uh, very soon. But, yeah, Will's the man. And, you know, it's... It's important to, like we talked about earlier, having those right people around yeah. you, um, even if you don't talk to them every day. Like just the, this, this the check-ins of saying, "Hey, I hope you're doing well. Absolutely. Keep crushing." Like um, you may have doubts, you may have this going on, but don't let that stop you. Absolutely. Because um, they don't have to be a constant force in your life, but just knowing those people in your back corner, um, especially when I'm sure, kind of you growing up, you didn't have that many people around you that understand the path that you wanted to go on. None. And so having anyone that's like, hey, I get it. I yeah. understand where you're at. Keep going. Yeah. Is such a more positive force because Absolutely. I think about my own father who started a business in his 30s. Um, you know, this was 20, 30 years ago. Um, he had to go to the library and look up how to start, um, get a business LLC. Yeah. We had to look up like how to buy equipment or use the encyclopedia. Like yeah. we have Google, we have ChatGPT, we have all these resources. We have all these internet gurus and, and coaches online. We have the Hermoses to teach us sales, the Gary Vs or whoever teaches marketing. Like yeah. we have these people in our lives um, and we still are able to, I mean, I've definitely been um, made excuses like this before and saying, oh, I don't have this, I don't have that. When in reality, this is the best time, the easiest time, the to, easiest to, time to possibly do something. Even though there's more competition, yeah. there's so, so much more resources a way to get to people exactly. that it's really not that much of an excuse. Yeah. Um, so can yeah, continue the work and whatnot. Absolutely. Awesome. So before we wrap up, this has been quite the conversation. First, I want to ask, is there anything you want to talk about you think that, like a message you can bring out to the world that um, you think we need to discuss before we head out? Some drops of wisdom. Let's see. Um, I think, um, yeah, I can talk about some life life advice real quick. So, um, 
I think, uh, especially for young guys, right? Right. I know this is catered to more towards a lot of younger people here. So, for anyone that wants to really, uh, you know, build a business, right? Um, I, I will tell you that it is, it is extremely hard. Um, but do not give up, right? Uh, keep going because, like, after you fail so many times, I recommend failing fast as well, right? Because after you fail fast, you pick yourself up and then understand that what not to do anymore, right? You get to learn these lessons that really uh, propel you into the right direction, right? After you, you know, you fail enough, you'll find this, uh, you know, succession that you've been looking for here and then just keep focusing on scaling and making the best out of life, right? After, you, you know, you have your business uh, out there here, try to really enjoy and also help as many people as possible, right? Because I, I think there is really a lack of good people, unfortunately, on this earth. Right. And again, there is a lot of definitely a lot of good people. Right. But again, what we talked about here, the genuine human beings, I don't think there's enough anymore. Um, and I think uh, if a lot more people have access to, unfortunately, wealth and they're good human beings uh, underneath, I think uh, we should be helping as many people as possible in, in all aspects of life. Right. Whether it be health, right. Finding more cures for diseases and stuff like that so we can all live a happier, longer life. Um you know, uh, giving back to communities that don't have nearly as much, right? Um, and again, that's one of my biggest goals is to make a boatload of money to give away, right? Not not to have personally here because what more do you really need with money right after you have everything you need, right? Family, house, all that good stuff. Um, but uh, again, just injecting as much money, life, happiness into human beings around you here, I think is... Uh, such a better way to live you know and that's why i respect like hermosi and all these gary v's and stuff like that they don't like you'll never know they're worth hundreds of millions billions of dollars because of the way they act and react and stuff like that and that's the kind of man that i'm trying to be um just to have so much money to give away and just constantly you know have people look towards a, a positive in life right because again there's just so much negativity out there right i'd rather be a, i would rather be a positive force myself and then instill others to be a positive force as well. Awesome. So before we go, we ask everyone on the podcast two questions. Yeah. The first one being, if you had, you know, two forms of medium or two specific pieces of content in any medium, whether it be books, you know, podcasts, movies, or anything that has influenced you or given you like a crazy perspective in life, yeah. what has been like the biggest shift and what would those pieces of content be? Awesome question. Um, so, uh, I I don't read too many books, but the books I do read here are um, are quite valuable here. Um, th there's this one book I just read, Your Next Five Moves, by Patrick by David. Really, really valuable book. It shows about his life and how like he you know went from nothing multiple times here to you know now worth nine figures here. Highly recommend that book because it really shows like your journey and how. You know, you can start off really slow and start really small and then really get to the point of where now money's not even a thing, right? It can happen to anyone. Just put your head down. And another big piece of um, content for me is the movie Godfather, right? The whole trilogy. Reason is uh, all of my best friends, my cousins are all Italian, all right? And um, how Italians work, they are very aggressive people and you can say that about a lot of races and stuff like that, but... Uh, the Godfather shows like how one man, right, uh, can have so much power and influence, 
that can really shape generations, right? How many people can fear that person, respect that person, how business should be run, right? Um, I highly recommend the whole trilogy to, to everyone because if you really pay attention to it and really see the value and the morals and the things it teaches you, you're like, wow, Don Corleone was top G, <laughs> literally, right? He took care of his family. He, he needed to do what he needed to do, took care of everything needed to be done and uh, tried to be the best man for as many people possible. Because when you are put in a position of that power here, it is extremely hard for people to you know, respect you, but also fear you love you i mean there's so many things that go into it right so it, it's uh something that I, re- I recommend to everyone to watch awesome and the final question we have for you today Elia, is that if you can go back and give one piece of advice to your teenage self right before you were starting that first business what would it be wow i would tell myself that don't quit Honestly, um, you're going to go through a lot of shit and you're going to go through a lot of bad people in your life, but don't quit um, and uh, get into crypto. <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for talking to me today. It's yeah. been a pleasure. Hopefully we can do one of these in the in the future. Absolutely. And hopefully it might be abroad in some crazy location. Yes, we'll please. get everything running in the prime environment. But yet again, I appreciate you willing to make the drive and, and give the time to make this happen in person because it's always you know that much more an effective conversation so yeah. um, we'll make sure to add your socials add everything below so awesome. people can follow you see the journey and, and kind of keep following that journey perfect alright thank you Jay alright that's it for today's episode of the Project Alchemy Podcast as always guys peace peace